We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle beat Tottenham 2-1. At whatever their stadium's called, I don't give a fuck what it's called because we beat them. We beat them two one. You've got me, Alex, Charlotte, Adam, Norman, who was at the game to talk you talk to you about a simply ridiculous day to be a Newcastle fan. Fourth in the league, one defeat in twelve, loads of wins, loads of absolutely class stuff to talk about. We're on Patreon. It's from three quid a month. Come and join us. We'd love to have you along. Three pound, five pound, eight pound. Your tears get involved and, and share with us the euphoria this week of beating Tottenham Hotspur on their own patch. Nine wins in a row, something like that at home until Newcastle United turned up. Charlotte, tell me how happy you are. I'm so happy. I did a recording of a YouTube video yesterday with Ben just after the game and there were a couple of comments being like, I literally have never seen Charlotte so happy. <laughs> Her face is just like ridiculous. Nobody said that, but I could see the subtext. <laughs> yeah, just, just being so, so happy all day. Like, nothing brings me back down to earth actually than like waking up this morning and being like buzzing and, and remembering like there's a really nice thing about that like getting up in the morning and remembering and then going downstairs and my cat's done a mess all over the floor <laughs> so really brought me back to earth everyone's but, got their own way of celebrating charlotte well that's true and that was atticus's uh no i, I just i've just been so happy. like i've got american colleagues and i was on video calls with them today and i was just like newcastle a fourth and they just don't care. <laughs> but I couldn't not tell everybody that I was speaking to. I honestly cannot believe how fun it is to watch Newcastle United play football. We're so good. And those, you know, it's now we're in a position where we're just not phased by playing big teams. We're not phased about going away to Old Trafford, Anfield. I know we lost that game, but we probably shouldn't have done. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And we are, we are going toe-to-toe with the best in this league. And you know what's best? Because if you break down this, you know, it's really incredible run of form. And to be honest, Alex, you could probably include the entire calendar year in this. If you break down each fixture individually, we absolutely deserve to be where we are. This is consistent levels of performance. It's sustainable as far as that we can see. And we're not even at full strength. The fact that we can go rattle these big teams and just be fearless and energetic. It's, we're really exciting to watch and it actually turns out that we're really, really good at playing football as well. We're good at creating chances, scoring goals. And it's just fantastic to be in the position we are. We belong in that European conversation. And that win against Spurs, 2-1, just simply reaffirms how good we are. This is not an anomaly. This is just how good we are right now. 
Absolutely, and I think there's probably no better person on this podcast anyway to get the views of, of Norman. You were there, mate. You were in the awareness. Can you describe it for our listeners, please? First and foremost, I can tell when it's been a good day when I feel like I've drank a pint of Builder Sand the next day. My throat is in absolute <laughs> agony from singing. And also, my, um, my non-human animal companion won't be up at one in the morning for a shit and then half three in the morning for a shit. So she was celebrating her own as well. So yeah, walking along the streets of Colchester at half one and half three after getting in a 10 after a big day in London. Spectacular. You know what? I didn't care because yesterday was the perfect day. It was a genuinely one of those few days as a Newcastle United fan. I say a few, you know, there's been more than a few where everything was perfect. What's happening among the fan base at the minute is there's this confidence that when we get into a football stadium away from home, we're doing feel we feel unbeatable. There's an unbeatable feeling among the fan base. And that is obviously what the players are feeling right there. Look, they look tall, they look strong, they look like they're in control. The atmosphere from the get-go I thought was fantastic. I thought Spurs started better for the first 10 minutes. You could see what the game plan was. It was trying to get an early goal and then basically sit back. It didn't work. It didn't work because, you know, they had a couple of chances and then we just absolutely took control of the game. I won't go into the specifics of the game because we're going to get into that. But in terms of around it, um, my Brazilian mate, Mojilo, who did some work for True Faith a few years ago, he'd never been to Newcastle match before. He's been a Newcastle fan since he was a kid. We've got Joelinton, we've got Guimarães. It was his first match and he was just absolutely blown away by it. We were superb. There was a there was basically a tornado at halftime. I don't know if you saw, but like El Nino arrived in N17 at halftime. And uh, mm-hmm. there was a lot of fans with their tops off, a lot of fans soaking. I think I got trench foot, but it didn't matter. None <laughs> of it mattered because we were absolutely superb. And that is, that is as Adam mentions, that's what it's been like for a long time. You know, last season, there were kind of backs against the wall performances away from home. You know, you're kind of... I would. I didn't see it clinging on, you know. But you know, there was pressure from the opposition. There was always the nerves. We may concede if we concede, it's going to have a big knock-on effect. I just never felt like it was going to happen yesterday. Even when Spurs pulled a goal back, you just knew we're not conceding two goals. Newcastle don't concede two goals, man. We're too good, and we were brilliant, mate. It was a wonderful day. Some great beers before the match. Great crack before. Great crack during the game, and a spectacular atmosphere afterwards. I'm sure some of you have already seen the kind of videos from inside the stadium of people just bouncing around like, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what, a really, a really big party in Rome back in the day, a really big party in Rome back in the day, that's what it was like, mate. Love it. Yeah. Brilliant, and, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of things we're going to get onto on this podcast, but I, I do think that the absolute certainty that you feel that Newcastle are going to defend well, when Spurs got to go back, previously that, I mean, that might have been panic time, you know, Nick Pope deserves a lot of praise for yesterday because it's easy to to forget such were the heights that we reached after this, but he makes two two massive saves at nils each. And Spurs have the better of nil-nil and then one-nil onwards, Newcastle dominant. But, but the save to Son in particular, good save to Harry Kane, but you'd expect him to make that because he's good with his feet. The save to Son, that should be a goal all day long. He gets a hand up. It's a, mass, it's a massive save. And this, this is the point where... This Spurs fixture provides a lot of clarity in terms of analysing where the team have come from. Even back to March, when Newcastle lose at 5-1 at Spurs in March, they're playing well, they're doing good things. There are a lot of positives. But we, but Spurs had five shots on target that day and scored five goals. And, and, and this summer, Newcastle fans, myself, probably most people listen, going to the summer thinking goalkeeper isn't the number one priority to allocate resources to. The signing of Nick Pope there, there's three points yesterday. Not just on Pope's back, but fucking hell, it's much easier when you're not one down away to Spurs who play in the counter-attack all the time trying to get back into the game. They are massive saves. They are massive saves. And and, and from that point, 
like like I think you just said, Adam, Newcastle have been to Old Trafford, deserve to get a point from the game at least. Newcastle have been to Spurs, deserve to win. This is extraordinary. This is extraordinary development. It's extraordinary progress. Probably the same point I'm making there twice. I'm labouring it. <laughs> so Norman, I'll come to you. You mentioned those games there where we've deserved something from the game. Liverpool away, mate. We deserved yep. to win that game. You know, this is this is Newcastle United now. I think yesterday I was saying maybe on the Match Day podcast, maybe in conversation with mates that we've improved markedly since last season in terms of the personnel we, we've brought in, but also in terms of how the players have just consistently evolved and how 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 himself has evolved. You know, in the short span that he's been here as a coach. And last season, Spurs beat us five one. There was a gap, right? There was a gap. And Spurs have improved in the summer in terms of the players have brought in. But we have gone from losing 5-1 to Spurs in April within the space of a few months to, to being almost on a par with them. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. I think the mindset at the moment is beating Spurs away 2-1 is an absolutely phenomenal result, which it is. But actually, I, I think we're, we're going to start getting to the stage where we think, well, we should be going to Spurs and winning because we are a very, very good football side. And it, it, at the moment, we're kind of almost... Well, I feel I am. I'm in that no man's land between thinking we're still a club that's fighting to kind of, you know, catch up with these teams like Spurs. But actually, we're not that far off them, which is, it's truly remarkable, mate. It is truly remarkable. And in the short space of time it's happened that we've gone there, we've won 2-1. And I'm almost thinking, I kind of expected we'd win. Wow. Yeah, that that's it, isn't it? That That's the feeling. That's the confidence that is flowing through this football club, this city, this region and beyond, purely because of the, the impact of, of not just new owners, which has been transformative, but, but Eddie Howe, who we're going to talk about later, and Jason Tindall and all the coaching staff and everyone behind them as well within the football club. It's it's one of the biggest turnarounds in kind of modern football if you, in, in terms of where we came from, bottom in the league this time last year, to being fourth in the league and deservedly. So yeah, there's a couple of teams played a game less than us, but considering the bad luck we've had refereeing decisions, considering the fact that Rarely have we managed to get all of our best players onto the pitch at the same time. Um, I'm kind of in awe of what we've achieved. And the kind of magnitude of this win, it's, it's mammoth. It really, really took me back to December 2001 when we went to Highbury and we pulled out a 3-1 victory out of absolutely no way. We rarely won in London. We rarely got a draw in London. And we beat a, an excellent Arsenal team to kind of go top of the league before Christmas. And of course, we're not kind of talking about, you know, loose title challenges right now. We're... The question is about, are we, are we good enough to be in Europe? Are we, are we good enough to qualify? But that night, Bobby Robson had a quote and he said, I still don't think we'll win the championship, but we will challenge those who think they can win it. And for me, that's kind of where we are at in that sense, because we are going toe-to-toe with all these Champions League chasing clubs. We're giving them a game. We are absolutely competitive. And it's so good going into these games, knowing that it's just no longer a foregone conclusion. We are competitive and people are going to have to start respecting just how good we are because teams are struggling against us. They don't know how to handle us. That does it for part one of the show. We'll be back after these small adverts. If you don't want to hear the ads, all of these shows go out ad-free, completely on our Patreon from just £3 a month to get involved. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Part two of the show then. Charlotte, I I, I don't want to big you up too much, but you made a simply superb point to me today. (laughs) Off air, please tell the listeners about what impresses you so much about this side at the moment. Every single bloody thing. (laughs) But also... um, no, it was watching. It was in. It was. It was at half time actually, and I tweeted something to this so to this end at the, at that time as well. Um, but it was that this um, yesterday's fixture against Spurs against like Spurs who are a good side, third. obviously. Um, what, what third in the league they are third in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was also our third game in seven days for this squad, this team as well. There was only one change from Wednesday. It was. It was. Um, it was uh, Murphy in for. It was Willock for Willock Murphy. Willock for yeah. Murphy, sorry, my mistake. That The one change from Manchester United, not an easy side to play, you know, not not the, the heady heights that they once were at, but not an easy side. Everton, you know, not brilliant, but still a, not an easy game. You know, we, we weren't at our best. We sort of thought, okay, after Everton, like, oh, Spears on Sunday, a point would be great. The, the, the intensity with which we played didn't drop, like didn't drop at all yesterday I just was so impressed with how fit our players are like I couldn't believe how like this looked like their first game after a a warm weather training camp it looked like their first game after a break and these are these are players who are must be knackered well you saw Bruno after the game (laughs) um they were but like they gave, they give it their all. They're they're physically so 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 much fitter than I even I really realised, and mentally I think such a such a strong unit that they just attacked yesterday's game with incredible intensity. I was really impressed. Intensity is a great word to use for it, and obviously it's it's Eddie Howe apparently can't stop scrolling on rolls that walls at the training ground, mm. but. You know the, the the goals Newcastle scored, but particularly the Megiar Moron goal. I think it's a great point, Charlotte, because what I love about us, again, like you said, one of many things, there were excuses ready made for Newcastle yesterday. There, mm. there really were third game in seven days, and it's different for Spurs because Spurs are used to playing third three games in seven days. They've got the squad to cope for it, to cope with it. They made a lot of changes, um, and, and it could have been take it easy, lads. Yeah, we'll we'll do a half press, but you know it, it spurs away. Take a point. Oh, we're missing key players. It's it's Callum Wilson. We have got a wrapper in cotton wool. You didn't see any of that from Newcastle. You saw Newcastle absolutely go for Spurs, like Adam said before. Newcastle went there and 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 thought they could win the game. And I mean that goal, um, the Almiron goal in particular. I mean, you know Hugo Lloris has done us two huge favors yesterday. 
huge favours, and thank you to him for that. But Almiron, <laughs> I, I posted a picture on Twitter because when he when he gets the ball off Sean Longstaff and he's being fouled, fouled it, it, it seems absurd that you'll be able to score from that position. And he does it so nonchalantly. He does it so clinically and smoothly. Spurs don't know what to do. The Spurs, do, Spurs don't know how to deal with that situation. They've got Almiron. He's on his wrong foot, they think. I'm probably thinking that the defender thinks, all right, show him, show him on his right. What's he going to do? He's so quick and so good. He manages to get it back <laughs> on his left and slip it underneath Lloris. It was absolutely sensational. And the second point that you were going to raise, Charlotte, was, again, talking about ready-made excuses. You forgot a key thing. Yeah, I was. It it took me until about. I think it might have been the commentators that mentioned it, or or maybe someone on Twitter when I was looking at that. I forgot ASM was in our squad. Like that's how good. Like he used to be the focal point for me. Like it was like, oh god, we don't have ASM. We don't have any creativity. Like where are we gonna? How are we gonna make opportunities? I totally forgot. I love that. Not that I wanted to forget ASM. I don't love that I forgot ASM, but I love that, like the the way that we are playing and the the unit that we have become. I don't think. Uh, I don't think like. I don't know. I, I, I don't think about the other players. I don't think about about who should, could be on our bench to like change the game. Oh, if, if we're really stuck at sixty minutes, we can bring this player on. It's like. We don't need, don't need to, do we? Like, it's really good. Also, Isaac, yeah. um, he's he is injured and will be until after the World Cup. And he's supposed to be... Uh, Alex, you, you made this point sort of on, on text to me. He's our 63 million record signing. <clears throat> You'd think without that, we would be fucked, really. You'd think, oh, shit, like, what are we going to do? We're going to just be patching this up. Sorry, <clears throat> excuse me, um, until he's back. Don't even think about him. Don't even think about him. It was just I was really like I, I know we've whinged about squad depth, um, or I have. I definitely have. And like you look at the bench and you think, oh god, like that's not gonna that's not very inspiring. But I think Eddie Howe and his training s- staff have made our players so much better that we actually do have squad depth now because we have options. Because even like Murphy or even Chris Wood doesn't make me shudder to see him go on the pitch. I don't think he's going to score really, but I don't think, oh God, he's going to fuck up and like, this is going to go badly. I just, I just, yeah, that's that's my point. <laughs> oh, that's a very uh, interesting point on the squad depth because obviously you look at last season, Dan Byrne, we're touting him for England caps as a centre-half. And we're saying Matt Target has been absolutely sensational. And all of a sudden, Matt Target can't get in the team. And Dan Byrne's playing left-back and he's playing out of his skin. So that strength and depth is, it, it's almost, again, you know, it's come from, it's come, it seems to have come from nowhere. Um, and it's it's wonderful to see. And, you know, you look at Jake and Murphy, who we've mentioned, comes off the bench yesterday. He started the last three games. He comes off the bench. He can, he can make an impact. So, We've got Elliot Anderson in there. I mean, the the squad is really taking shape, and I also think that we probably go out during the, the you know the window after the World Cup and bring a couple of players in. So it's it's sensational. It's absolutely sensational. Chris Wood again. You mentioned Chris Wood, Charlotte. He was the focal point for half a season last season. He can't even get in the team now. He can, you know he gets five minutes at the end of the match. It's uh, incredibly quickly how it's happened, and it's truly wonderful to see. Yeah, and Sean Longstaff deserves a shout as well. Fantastic work to um, to win the ball back for that second goal. You know, I'll not lie, was shouting some things at me tally when he gave the ball away and Harry Kane nearly scored. But you're going to get that at the Premier League. Good players do that to other good players. He's come in, 
he's he's probably keeping John Joe Shelby out of the team at the minute, which is you know which is quite an achievement considering how good Shelby's been since Eddie Howe came in, and he's fully deserving of his place in the squad. And I think the thing about squad depth, the squad depth still a problem for Newcastle. You know, if that game's nil nil yesterday, Spurs. Man United last week when they brought Rashford off the bench can change the game at nil-nil rather than kind of see it out as Newcastle have done the last couple of fixtures where they've won both games. But the conversation about what that impacts is is flipped. So squad depth before might have been keeping us from finishing seventh. You know, people talking about top ten because we don't have the, the depth of the squad. I think now because of the success of the first team and those supporting players that people have mentioned, the conversation surely now is working on top four. And that might be... You know, people have said it in comments to us, said don't get ahead of yourselves. No, let's let us please get ahead of ourselves. It's okay if you if you're going for the top four and you fall short, it's okay. If you go for the top six and you fall slightly short, that's okay. We can live with that. The key thing, and I think you you see that with Eddie Howe yesterday's team selections tactics. Easy options yesterday for Newcastle United. Go there, try and get a point, sit back, make it a great week, five points from three, set up Aston Villa really nicely. None of that shit. We're, we're going for this now. This is us. This is Newcastle United right now. There isn't any more settling for second best or not going. Look at, I mean, to bring it up again, Newcastle's performance against Manchester City this season, and Man City have lost since then, but they haven't been in a game of football and looked as vulnerable at the back as they did in any other fixture than they did against Newcastle United. This is us now. We're here for it. We're here to take on this Premier League. And there was aspects of yesterday's game, post-game, really pleasing to me. I was checking out some of the big social media accounts for other football clubs in the top six and a few of the bigger Arsenal accounts were saying, yeah, hilarious to see Spurs get beat, but this Newcastle side are a real problem for the whole of the top six. Probably not Man City, but the rest of the top six. Newcastle were a real problem because the whole purpose of the Super League was to to enshrine that six. That six is now seven, undeniably so. Even if Newcastle finish seventh this season, which I don't think they will. Adam, mate, you want to talk about confidence? We're just exuding so much confidence at the minute and that's born out of Eddie Howe's ability to coach and his communication skills because when players know what they're supposed to be doing, where they're supposed to stand and he, what he's done is he's coached uh, sort of this like belief in them as well so to, to not panic if we're hemmed into a corner like we like we were what do we do we played it around in triangles we, we made Tottenham chase we we passed our way out of trouble and if we're in a bit of a tight spot you know what we've got loads of defenders probably all four back of, of our defenders can spray a ball and spread it out wide into space and somebody will be there because Eddie Howe's told them to be there just in case as an outlet and I think when you're worrying less about what you should be doing and where you're supposed to be standing, you can concentrate more on actually showing off your talents and 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 really, like you say, being fearless and bold into the games. Remember Old Trafford that first half? We were at them. Again happened in Tottenham. We, we made Eric Dyer uh, kick the ball out and that was kind of almost like, you know, they, they smelled blood there because that was like, a oh, that was a blip. They didn't mean to do that. We've rattled them. And we honestly, we obviously took that and, and, and went and rattled Larice as well. And I think the confidence that we're seeing is then, you know, we're, we're seeing that, that the fans can see that confidence and we can start to be more confident about this side. I think what's what's brilliant about it is the players that, that, that came before, we're looking at Miggy Almiron, we're looking at Joe Linton, we're looking at Fabian Scher. They're all thriving under newfound confidence under Eddie Howe and it's 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 kind of part of what makes this story I think more impressive that it's that it's the guys that that Steve Bruce had that are, 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 are the, he was going to move on 
Yeah, absolutely. And and these guys are kind of, you know, they're forming a really important spine to our form this season. And it's not just a case of, oh, we've replaced everyone with brand new players and it's the new lads doing it all. It, there's a really healthy blend. And you talk about some of the fringe players who have had to come in and they're holding their own. And it's part, it kind of sh- demonstrates the the success of this, of this system. And f- like I say, that confidence rebounds onto the fans and we can like you said we can go to these big teams and not be normal Norman was talking about you know he wasn't worried at 2-1 down because he knew he knew we'd we'd hold on and we've this this is only after you know like I say a, f- a few months of of, of how ball if you if you like and it, it, it is such a, a pleasure to watch that we we just don't panic we're composed we're calm and if we do suffer a blip like we well, we can see a goal or there's a big chance that we've just missed we don't let that rattle us either we have the mentality and we've shown this kind of mentality this resilience the whole of this calendar year and it's a powerful powerful thing it's winning us football matches and it's getting us to the top end of the league it is really really infectious and it, it just makes me want to see more football i want to see what we're going to do next week and the next week it's 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 really invigorated um supporting this team again you mentioned those players who were here before how arrived i think there were six of them in the in the team yesterday yep. and you know i think true faith in general a lot of us were true faith and i'm not part on the back here i'm just stating how it is there are numerous players who we always insisted were way, way better than the performances that the manager at the time was getting out of them. And I look at someone like Fabian Shea and we look at people like Mickey Almiron and we knew, we, we knew that they were good players. And, you know, you had, I guess, pundits who were sticking up for previous managers saying the players aren't good enough, they're doing a great job with the players that they've got. I wonder what that felt like for those players and what it feels like for them now. You know, they must have lost. A lot of those players must I'd imagine that, you know, because they're only human they must have lost so much self-belief. It must have actually been quite demoralising for them to, to be training in a way that meant that they were nowhere near fulfilling that clear potential. And to hear, I guess, pundits or journalists criticising them for a lack of ability when they've clearly got ability and they just needed the right person there to bring that out of them, to be in the right environment and bring it out of them. And it's, and it's wonderful to see them. I'm like genuinely, absolutely delighted for those players like Shea, Amiron, Longstaff, Willock now to a certain extent, I would say as well. It's it's wonderful to see. And just in terms of the teams that we've mentioned that we played this season, I, I'm not kidding you, but we really, it's not a stretch to say that we could have won like, like what, 10 of our 12 games. I think the only game where we haven't really deserved anything or deserved to win was Brighton away. That's the only game I'd look at and think, you know what, we probably didn't deserve to win that game. The others, you could make a solid argument that we could have won them and nobody could have complained. And it's not even just that. It's the fact that we're dominating. Like yesterday, we you may well have heard, I don't know, um, Charlotte, you put the match to your podcast together. I used the word, we're dominating. We are dominant yeah. here on so many occasions. We control yeah. games and we're dominant. Like last season, you know, Villa at home last season, right? When we won 1-0 and I just thought we controlled the game. We'll, we'll let them play about the ball, but we, we, we won't control 1-1-0. No, we're not just controlling like games now. We're like, imposing on them and we are dominating teams like Man City for stretches of the game Liverpool for stretches of the game and Spurs and it is I keep saying it but it, it is genuinely remarkable what's happened it's um, you know obviously Leicester bottom three winning the league next season I don't think they'll ever be surpassed but for what we've done it's you know it's it's getting to that ballpark really yeah, let's let's talk about the actual fixture now we've not really touched too much on Newcastle's 2-1 win at Spurs 
But wow, I think the first thing that we have to talk about is is Callum Wilson and Callum Wilson's first goal. I mean, Norman, uh, I heard you say on the Match Day podcast, which is available for patrons, that you saw Wilson topless at full time and it made you feel a little bit, I don't know, how, how did it make you feel? Seeing Wilson topless, I mean, just seeing Wilson yeah. full stop makes me feel inferior as, a, as a, a member of this species. It should make a lot of people feel like that. He's almost perfection. It's uh, it's rancid, but beautiful at the same time. <laughs> um, it's uh, the goal itself, though. You knew, like, we knew, you know, we knew in the like, it, even though we were the other end, the, um, the stadium when Loris comes out, and, and I think I made this point maybe um, pre match that Loris. He's a goalkeeper who is the modern game's kind of passed him by now because you know if you're in the top four of any of the major leagues as a goalkeeper, especially in the Premier League, you need to be able to use your feet, you need to control the 30 yards. Nick Pope does it by the way. Um, and Yoris, every time he comes off that line, so it's it's like simultaneously weaknesses that he sticks to the line, but he's a good shot stopper. But when he comes off the line, he just he panics and he did it yesterday. And Callum Wilson, just by being an absolute solid unit. Loris is a big lad, you know. He just bounced off him, and the finish was was perfect. And and it's almost like the look for every single way that they possibly could to disallow that goal, and they couldn't. And uh, I mean, it, it was wonderful. And, and Wilson, I think you made the point actually on the instant reaction, Alex, that he hadn't really been in the game until that point. But then as soon as he got that goal, he just grew and he dominated them. And you're probably right, but you know, as a centre forward, scoring goals is what is your bread and butter, right? And and he's a he's a one and two man more or less at Newcastle, and he had a couple of games where he hasn't scored. So maybe his head was a little bit, you know, not 100% it. Bang, he gets that goal. He gets that goal and he shows me exactly why he ought to be on that plane to Qatar. He really ought to be because he's, he's 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 definitely second to Kane as far as I'm concerned. It was just such a, like, it's the composure for me. Like, you know, it smacked into Luis or Luis smacked into, they smacked into each other, right? That's why That's why it wasn't given as a foul. There was no handball. There was no offside. Thanks, VAR, for being really thorough yesterday. We love that. <laughs> um, but the smack into each other, you can't, as Eddie Howe said at the end of the game, why would you give that to the um, d- defending side? Why would you give it to the offence side? Like, I don't know why I'm talking in NFL terms now. But you know what I mean? Like, why? why would you give it to either? He gets himself straight back up and he's just really, really calm. And like the power and the composure of that strike is just, it was just, it, like Norman said, it's just beautiful, beautiful to look at. It was right in the middle of the net. As so well. it's he's, he's not stunning. taking chances with either post. He's going to take the post out of this equation and go down the middle. I like that Larice was like both infuriated but got back up to try and like head it away and it was like one centimeter too much and Luis is a big bloke so good was the <laughs> was the shot um you know Miguel Ron, we've already talked about him Adam get your your view on him but I got asked today on a podcast for a, a different football club um who are interested in how Newcastle are getting on and uh, there was some, you know, what what is it with Miggy? what's changed and I said for all the praise that I'm going to give to Eddie Howe and I want to give Eddie Howe lots of praise and all of those guys working behind the scenes, there is a large part of it, I think, has to be given to Kieran Trippier because that is a absolutely, I don't know what the right word is. They're brilliant defensively, our right side, but also Trippier and Almiron, chances, goals. Like, what what a right side in the Premier League. And I think Trippier also kind of deserves some praise in the kind of Almiron resurgence. Would you agree? 
Absolutely, because you know they, they are a pair down that flank and you, you're right to signal just how good they are both defensively. Mickey's always had that. He's always been very tactically aware. He's always dug in. He will run for 90 minutes non-stop. He knows where to stand. He's, he's always been able to back up his fullback. But as you rightly said there... I think with the quality of Kieran Trippier, it's unleashed Almiron up the pitch a bit and we are safer, him taking more risks. And do you know what? As you know, the, There was that still where, you know, just after Longstaff's headed the, the flight at Lloris clearance. And I think it's, Miggy's got the right side of, uh, he's got goal side of Sessegnon, I believe. And it's at that point you think, oh, well, lots of people would just play for the free kick there and, and win it easily. And we've got Trippier who can knock it in. This is what I was talking about before, Alex. Confidence. The fact that Miggy is flying at the minute with his, you know, five and five or whatever it's been the last few weeks. At that moment, he's thinking, I want another one. I'm not going to just fall and get, I'm going to take this on. And like you say, the drop of the shoulder because they all just, because they underestimated him. They think he's a one, you know, they think he's just going to kind of cut in on his left, use his left, but he completely sells uh, Longley, who, to be honest, did not impress me yesterday at all. And beats him far, far too easily. And even then, I my instinct when I was looking across the six yard, who's there? Who can he pass to to tap it in? Nana doesn't need anybody. Tucks it under Ugaloris with 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 you know such a plumage. It's such so clinical. And then that is what you get from Miguel Moron. We are seeing him, you know, be you know overachieving in in in, in a sense. You know, nobody expects this. You know, wanting you know score in every single game, Miggy Almiron, but it's it's this confidence and you just kind of think he's undroppable. You can't drop him because such as that synergy like down the right-hand side, as you said, yeah, we don't necessarily have that down the left-hand side in the same way because we're not at full strength necessarily. And But he, I, th- I think he encapsulates just what we're about. He's busy. He Now, if you see, he likes to... He's trying to knit things together. You saw um, in the Everton game as well, he was in all the interchanges with Bruno, little back heels, little flicks. There's no way he would have been doing that this time last year. He's a completely changed player and long may it continue. He's, I'm, I'm really, really delighted for him. He's, he seems a canny lad as well, but he's really, really shown us what he's about and he's now showing us all that he's got the end product. You mentioned the B word there, Bruno. Uh, Charlotte, you know, this B-word. man, this footballer, is is very very tired indeed. I mean, this this it just kind of adds to the mystique of this win in the story. The post match content from Newcastle United these days is always very very good. There's shit happening post match that people are counting down to. I don't think people saw Bruno Gomares, you know, standing there as if he'd never slept in his life, but but he was there. Unbelievable, isn't it? And it speaks to what I was saying at the beginning or midway through the show. At some point in the show, um, this intensity that just doesn't drop doesn't even drop when you've not slept for two days. Bruno's uh, partner gave birth uh, a day or two before, um, and he's been there. He said he hadn't slept since Everton. His his little baby's called Matteo. He said it's a win for Matteo. It was just the most, like, wholesome, cute, like, post-match content where he was talking about. He looked absolutely fucking shattered. But, like, I, I, I can't believe that how good he is. Like, I think I say this every week. But I can't believe how good he is. He just come out. They didn't know what to do with him yesterday. Again, they looked frightened of him. Spurs, I thought yesterday, and I've seen that so many times with opposition this season. They don't know what to do with uh, with Bruno Guimaraes. He's just 
a force on that pitch once he gets on the ball. It doesn't matter that the pitch is waterlogged. It doesn't matter that there's a thunder and lightning storm going on overhead in the most expensive new stadium that doesn't have a roof. <laughs> um, he was He's just... It changes the game. And he changes the game when he hasn't been to sleep. I just... I don't know what else to say other than he, I, I don't know how we, how we got him at the stage at the state that we were in. Whoever whoever in fact I, I think Trippier has something to do with it, so we've got we've got to hand something to him. But whoever had those conversations with Bruno, I, I would like to I would like to give them a big hug because it, he has elevated this football club. But he's also loving it. Yeah, he's loving it. He's you can tell the emotion, and he's so sincere. I am living my dreams right now, and he's doing it in the colours of Newcastle United, and that's the thing. He's a player who everyone's looking at in the world right now. He's one of the most informed midfielders in the world ahead of a World Cup as well. He is riding this crest, and obviously the, the euphoria of becoming a, a father for the first time, and this run, and, and, and his importance to this. He's talismanic. He is our talisman. He is. He is the kind of the face of this takeover really Kieran Trippier I know is, is, is there as well he's he's our leader but he's like our backbone kind of yeah but Bruno is the main man he is our engine he everything comes to he orchestrates everything and I think when because he is so composed and cool that's what breeds that confidence around the rest of the players as well everyone wants to lift their game because they don't want to be the one yeah. to let him down and disappoint him he is driving this team forward and He's just, again, seems a really, really nice guy as well, which is part of our success story, I think, in the dressing room. Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's something about the attitude and the sort of demeanour of our players. That's no, that's, there's not really any arrogance there with Bruno. It's like there's a there's a confidence and a self-assuredness in his, in his play, but there's not like a stinking, arrogant attitude or anything like that. Also, just very quickly, he's 24. Like, he's got so much more to get. Uh, I think about... Me at twenty four, and obviously I wasted the rest of my twenties. But that you have, you have a lot, <laughs> you have a lot of en- more energy to give. You have a lot more to give, probably. I, I've heard, but um, he's. Uh, I'm just so excited that he's part of this. He doesn't get take because he's basically channeling the power of God every time he steps out on the football pitch, isn't he? Directly <laughs> channeling the power of God. Uh, he's a commander in the army of God. No, he's a. Uh, what, what I was thinking about Gimaraes yesterday on the way back from the match on the train. And again, this morning was that his performances are so consistently world class that you almost start taking them for granted. It's like we've spoke about a lot of other players before we got to Bruno, and Bruno, in my opinion, was actually head and shoulders above anyone else on the pitch yesterday. And it's it's almost like it, it's almost like you you, you stop you stop seeing how brilliant he is because he's just brilliant all the time. And there were aspects of the game yesterday, there were certain points during the game yesterday where he was just he was better than anyone on the pitch. And it's, it, he's a player who, when he arrived, I thought he's come from Lyon in France and he's got a lot of potential. He's been linked with some big clubs, but it'll take him a while to you know, reach the kind of world-class level. But he is, he's, he's world-class and I think we're going to see it in Qatar as well in the World Cup. He's going to be one of the best players there. I really I really believe that. Um, but just moving on quickly from Bruno, I wanted to bring in Sven Botman, who I can't get over how good he is. I cannot get over how good this player is. Like, He's so unbelievably comfortable on the ball, but his his ability to read the game is sensational. And Kane, you know, Kane yesterday had that chance in the first half, right? 
And again, Alex, you made a very good point on the instant reaction that Kane had to keep coming deep to collect the ball. And that was literally the only way he got, he got anything because Botman had him completely wrapped up. And it was lovely to see as well because I'll never forgive Kane really for that tackle on Florian Lejeune. And I just thought to myself, can't try it with Botman. Try it with Botman, he'll rip you in half. And it's lovely to have a centre-half who isn't only wonderful on the ball, a fantastic footballer, but is just one absolute clearly hard bastard who no centre-forward in the Premier League is going to give a minute shit to. I love it. Botman and Bruno are very much part of the same question for me, and that is, what the fuck are the top six Premier League scouts doing? Because those footballers have come to the Premier League ready-made. They are are the footballers of dreams at this level. To buy players, young players from other leagues who are already playing Champions League football, to get them at the cost they did and to put in the performances that they have, there's something gone wrong. And I'm kind of hearing that in in certain quarters that there, there is a little bit of an inquiry at certain football clubs, Liverpool being one, particularly about Bruno, thinking, how have we missed out? You know, Liverpool... I, I, I pick on Liverpool because they don't have the resources of a Man United, a Chelsea, or a Man City. Therefore, they need the the Botmans and the Brunos of this world to extract the value. But it's Newcastle United, and this is this is just when we're getting started. This is just when the owners are building the club up from the ground up. They've managed to get these two players in, so extraordinary deals. And yeah, it, I mean, I, I can't add too much on Botman because I'm saying it every single week. But he's he's that good, Norman. Why don't you tell us a little bit more? That's a really interesting point you make there on the scouting and apparently people saying at other clubs, why weren't we in for these players? But ultimately, look, they arrived here from Leland Leon, clearly with a lot of potential. But I think this really ties into just how good how and, you know, Tindall, the coaching staff have been because, you know, they've got these players in from the French League, never played in the Premier League before, they're young lads. They've brought them in and they've obviously worked with them in a way that has helped them settle remarkably quickly and just reach that potential almost on fast track. It's It's been spectacular. So yes, there's reasons that these Premier League clubs ought to be thinking, what the hell are we doing? But at the same time, again, it's just further testament to how good, how in the backroom staff have been of getting the best out of players from day one of them getting to the club. And obviously day one of them arriving at the club and getting the, and working with the players that were already here. Yeah. Final point from me on this one and probably for the whole show, um, Bruno has, has referenced uh, this week or in the post-game interview that the way that we play, the way Eddie Howe sells his vision to players made him want to come here ahead of going to other clubs. It's essential that to, to some of these players that will play front-foot, attacking, high-pressing football, I think that's that's a massive part of it. And it's not just identifying the players, it's bringing them in here within the current wage structure, which is also as impressive. You have to sell them something beyond money in playing in the Premier League because they can get that elsewhere. They could get that at Spurs, they could get that at Arsenal, yet the chosen Bruno's case, Newcastle United. This has been the True Faith Podcast. Thank you so much to you three for, for having this entertaining chat on this pod. Thanks for everybody, to everybody who listens. We are on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month. Come and join us if you like. We'll be back uh, what definitely next Sunday morning with the post-Aston Villa review, maybe before with another free podcast. We'll let you know. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.